Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Welcome, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and Wine, Work, and Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. One of my favorite things about this show is that I have the chance to introduce you to wine jobs that you might not even know exist. My guest today is Paul Bourget, Vice President of Consumer Insights for Delicato Family Wines. Paul's team literally gets inside the head of today's wine consumers to help develop new products, create dynamic marketing strategies, and drive sales. It's almost like he predicts the future. Keep listening to learn about yet another way to jump into the wine industry and check out Paul's advice at the end to help you get your start. Hi, Paul. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, Karen? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining me on our podcast today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It's good to work with you again. So can you tell our audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry? Sure. My name is Paul Bourget. I am the Vice President of Consumer and Strategic Insights at Delicato Family Wines. Great. Okay. Well, thanks. So before we get into what does all that mean, because I'm sure people are going, I have no idea what that job is. (laughs) Um, Before we do that, I like to tell the audience a little bit of how you and I know each other. And so Paul and I worked together at a large supplier before he went to Delicato and before I came over to the Napa Valley Wine Academy. And um, I would rely on Paul a lot whenever I was writing presentations for the sales teams, you know, talking about our wines and how to promote them and how to how to get them placed on wine lists and how to overcome objections. And I found that Paul and his team were a really good resource for, you know, showcasing a wine in a really positive light that would motivate a buyer to want to work more with it and had a great deal of success. And both of us left our respective supplier that we were both working for. And uh, I swerved into Paul a couple of years ago. We reunited, got the band back together here in Napa when he brought his team out for a team building project and did some work with them. And we've been at least once a year doing something fun with his team ever since with through with me through the academy. So that's how we know each other. So let's get to you though, Paul. That's what nobody wants to know what I do. They want to know what you do. So tell us about your background. We know who you are, but what is your background? Sure. Um, growing up, I've always been, uh, I've always kind of loved numbers, working with numbers, kind of figuring out how to use them. And I got a business degree, but you know, at the time, there really kind of wasn't anything out there that was like a concentration in business analytics or strategic analytics, things like that. Um, I got my concentration in finance um, as it dealt with numbers, but I also just really liked kind of other areas like marketing and the strategy involved in there. And it was really kind of after school that um, I kind of discovered these companies, these roles out there that were using data and analytics to 
help sell products or to help shape strategy. And so I started my career uh, with IRI, which is one of the, the major syndicated uh, data providers in consumer packaged goods. I actually spent some time with IRI and Nielsen. And yeah. that's where I kind of really kind of learned uh, just different pieces of data, what it meant, how to apply it, how to tell, tell the stories with it. And it was really kind of that experience and that knowledge that transferred and kind of got me into the wine business. I really didn't know much about wine at the time, um, although I knew I liked it, uh, but I didn't really know anything about the wine business itself. So my first role uh, working for a supplier uh, back in the day was with Allied Demec Wines uh, when that company existed. And um, that was great. You know, that was really uh, my opportunity to kind of come and apply what I knew, but also learn a lot about wine, the product, uh, wine, the business. I, within my career in the, in the wine business, uh, the majority of my time has been with Constellation Brands, uh, where mm-hmm. we used to work together, Karen. Yep. And, um, you know, throughout the years, uh, I've learned a ton about the business, but, but also just about, about wine. And um, I feel fortunate that I had the opportunity to, uh, to study it a bit and gain my WSCT level two, uh, which Congratulations. Was great, uh, which, you know, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's uh, a prerequisite for the job, but it, it helps a lot. You know, you, you really need to understand uh, the product, right. That's being produced and marketed and sold and, and that just kind of goes along with the passion that people have in this in this business, no matter what role you're in or what background you have. I mean, I have a data background, right? But I I love wine, and right. uh, I got to learn learn a lot about it. Yeah, that, that's what I, why what I was so excited to work with you because it does show that you don't necessarily have to have wine background. Obviously, if you're going to work for a company, it always helps to have passion about their product. And that is really, I think, to me, in my mind, what separates the wine industry from really almost any other industry, maybe spirits industry or beer. But the wine industry is so different because, you know, I always say it's not a job, it's a lifestyle because it really, you know, you're you're working with product that most people who work for the company really, really enjoyed. I do want to back up. I have a couple of quick questions for you. What was your actual right. degree in? Uh, I was in business, just in, in business. business. Okay. Yeah. Business administration with a finance concentration. And you said that you had taken what you applied. Well, I want to, I want to let the audience know really a little bit more about what IRI is. Maybe everybody might know what Nielsen is, but so IRI collects data based on sales on sales of products. All ki- they do all kinds of consumer product goods, don't they? Yes. Yeah. So wine yeah, is one of the board, kind of anything yeah. sold in a grocery store or Target or Walmart, uh, anything, anything in, in store. Yeah, where places mostly where it's scanned in as opposed to key punched in. And and yeah. so it's very, you know, wine is one of the big categories with an IRI. And, you know, I came, everybody knows, I've come up through sales for most of my uh, wine career. I was in sales before I got into education. And it, you know, our, it, it sounds very romantic to be a wine sales rep. You're sipping and you're swirling and you're tasting your clients on the wine. But without the data to go with that, it's very hard to sell unless the customer, you can give an idea, the customer an idea or the client an idea of how it might perform for them. 
And so, you know, you said you worked with IRI directly and then now using that information to help companies really kind of, it's almost like you're getting inside the consumer's head in a lot of ways. And I think that that's, you know, really super important. So I wanted to kind of flesh that out. And then you said you started to work for Allied Demec. That was your first wine job. Did yes. you pursue wine a wine company on purpose or was it just one of many places you were applying to? Uh, I, I'd say I had a preference for it. I was hoping I was hoping for it. So yeah, I was I was looking. I mean, I I was looking at beer companies too. I would okay. say, to be honest. So you were but, targeting. You had sort of a target, an idea of who you wanted to target based yeah. on your products. Yes. Great. Uh, okay. Yeah, it, it was. So it worked out. It worked out great. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. Still, okay. still going. It's still going. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, um, so you work for Delicato Family Wines. Um, yes. And can you tell us a little bit about the company, maybe a little bit about the history and the wines that they carry and, and then how you ultimately came to work for them? Sure. Um, so I've been with Delicato Family Wines for about three years now. Uh, it's, a, it's a great company to work for. It's a family-owned wine company with, uh, with a lot of history. It started, um, the company started in 1924 um, mm-hmm. and has been family-owned throughout, throughout its history. Uh, it's one of the fastest growing wine suppliers in the U.S. and has a diverse portfolio of brands that that consumers love. Um, our our top selling brand is uh, is Boda Box in the fast growing premium three liter box category. You know, just alternative packaging kind of across the board in the wine business has been uh, has been growing a lot. Um, in recent years. You mean like uh, so cans and, and that type of thing? Cans, yeah. You have, I mean, you name it now. There's so yeah. kind of all kinds of uh, innovative packages uh, coming out. Uh, the Tetra Packs, you see pouches mm-hmm. out there, all kinds of things that, that <laughs> people are trying. And it, it really, um, I mean, it's, it's not to go off on a tangent here, but that, that, that has um, been great for our industry because it just opens it up to different occasions. Yeah. That... Uh, maybe we're just exclusively owned by beer or the other categories in the past. Yeah. It uh, makes wine more mobile, more portable. And yes. I think that's really important to the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, we have a number of, uh, you know, just really strong brands. We have Black Stallion Winery in Napa Valley. <laughs> and um, uh, a lot of really strong brands kind of between eight and $20, Noble Vines, 1924, the Alexander Brown, Three Finger Jack, a, a, a lot of great brands. And then uh, more recently um, has been uh, that Coppola has come into our portfolio. So that, that has been big news for us recently. Uh, I've been really excited about that. I just, um, yep. you know, amazing brands, just incredible brands. Uh, the people that have come over, just amazing people, uh, extremely uh, talented people. And um, I just feel really fortunate really to be working with these brands. We, we still have a lot to learn about them and that's, our team has been very busy kind of uh, kind of digging in, trying to understand this consumer and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's very cool. We, well, you know, there's a lot of people at uh, within Delicato family that you and I have both worked with on and off in other capacities. So it's kind of fun to, for me to connect, you know, with you guys and, and a lot of old friends. So that's very cool. That's right. As big as the wine business is, it's also um, 
pretty familiar at times. When you it can be a little incestuous. <laughs> so we've danced around it a little bit. Let's dive in. I, I'd like to have the audience understand better what you do. Give talk about you know your consumer and strategic insights. What does that mean, and how do you go about? getting information and then regurgitating it, processing it and regurgitating it back to the people who can use it. So what's that all like? Yeah, it's a mysterious name. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Dig into that. Sure. Um, Yeah. So, you know, our job, I guess, you know, ultimately it's to leverage insights and analytics um, in a lot of different ways to, to really help grow the business. Um, and hopefully help grow the industry along with it. Uh, one thing that's really key to our team is, is having that focus on the consumer, you know, which sometimes get, gets lost. You know, we have a three-tier system. There's a lot of business to business. Um, but the end, really the end game is the consumer, right? They're the ones that ultimately decide what is being, what they're going to purchase. Um, so it's always with the, with the lens of the consumer, you know, we're, we're here, basically, we, we support um, a lot of groups at Delicato. We're, we're ultimately here to create a competitive advantage for, for Delicato in the market. We, our team works with all kinds of different departments and functions, uh, but I would say primarily we support sales, marketing, and uh, as well as the leadership team, uh, kind of in different ways. And, um, you know, within our team, we've got just different areas of expertise, uh, kind of different areas that where, where, where people fit in. We have some people who are really heavy with work in, in the consumer research side. So primary research, understanding consumers better, understanding who those people are that love our brands. Uh, what is it about it and how do we go about kind of communicating with them? We have people that um, are in more data analytics roles and they're working much more with kind of the IRI data that, that we talked about earlier, uh, the sales data, finding opportunities. Um, and we have also have people who are really good at kind of building tools and reports that others in the organization can leverage because data there's a lot of data out there yeah. and it can be messy and you you just need to serve it up in a way that's easy for people to use. Right. So, so first, you know, you, you really touched on three things. You talked about getting inside the consumer's head. You've got, you've got people that specialize in that. And then you talked about, you know, crunching the IRI data to find out what they're buying. Um, and, and what was the third thing you said? The, what was the third, t- the third group? Uh, kind of tools, reports, right? Tools and reports. Yeah. So to give the audience some examples and I'll give one and you can give a couple. So when I was in sales, if I was presenting to a buyer for a retail chain, maybe a small grocery chain or small wine shop chain, and I would go to Paul and I would say, Hey, Paul, these are the brands that I'm presenting. Can you give me some proof or some, you know, good information, good numbers that will help me convince this buyer that they need to have, that their, that their consumers are wanting to purchase this wine. So that's one way of, of looking at it. There's yeah. also 
sort of the, that's a hard way where you can look at hard data and you can say, okay, so this brand in, in this variety, so this Cabernet Sauvignon is the number one selling brand in the category of a price range between, you know, 10 and $15. So you can really drill it down um, to very, very specific um, bits of data. And it's very helpful, you know, because you can show it against competitors. Let's, let's say that this buyer says, well, you know, this is my number one cab and, and it's not yours. But when you can show them that side by side, when given a chance that consumers are, are preferring your brand, it's very powerful. That, that, that can be a very, very powerful tool. And then there's sort of softer data that's more survey, opinion, you know, there's those types of things too that actually get the consumer to, you know, open up a little bit more about the their the mindset behind the purchase. And that can be helpful when you're targeting, especially in the world of restaurants on premise, because, you know, if this particular product lends itself toward millennials and you're selling to a restaurant that, you know, focuses on millennials, you've got, you can, you know, you can use that data to your advantage. Um, the other thing I, I remember using it a lot for, I don't use it as, I do use it sometimes, but not as often now, but one of the things I would, I would use it for is, to see where my brand stood in the world. Like, you know, we would say, I would say to my sales teams when I had teams working for me, like right now we're the number three Cabernet in this price category in this market. Our goal is to get us to number two. And right. so that would give us, you know, you're always striving to knock the next guy off the, the the pedestal, right? And so it can, you know, it can also help you know where you are. And you might see that that number one guy you might be number three, number one is number one, but they're not growing and you're growing faster. So now you've got light at the end of the tunnel. So it really does help, you know, that's where the strategy, the strategic insights comes in because you can, as a manager, you can develop pl a plan for your teams. And as a sales rep, you can develop a strategy or have, you know, bullets in your gun in your presentation to be very convincing and, you know, give a, a, a a very specific professional evaluation of the products that you're selling to your clients and why they should buy it. So, right. you know, this is very, it can be very, very important to what, you know, what the people in the field who are actually touching the product and selling it and sipping and swirling it when you have good, uh, good information. Can you come up with any other examples, Paul, besides those? That was great, Karen. Uh, <laughs> well, I love you. I love this team. It's wonderful. <laughs> I need to bring you in to promote my team. I love it. Um, yeah. So that those are those are great examples. Um, they're just uh, there are a lot of different um, pieces of data that you can use to. You know, it's all about creating the story and yeah. um, the storytelling part because. You know, you have to understand the data to start with. You have to be able to interpret the data, but then in the end, you have to be able to communicate it, which can be sometimes the hardest part. Um, yes. And so how do you piece that all together? And um, that's right. I, I mean, our team, we have people on our team that work hand in hand um, with the sales team as partners, and they will go into the presentations together uh, with the buyer and you know, explain kind of using the facts, using the data that, you know, this is a, a great program for your shoppers, or this is a great kind of new item to add to the assortment. So we, you know, we use it for kind of distribution opportunities. 
distribution expansion or new items, programs. I was going to ask you, your information, I mean, what we've talked about up till now is sort of looking at current at current activity, you know, where where does your brand stand against other brands? Yeah. But do you also look to the future of what's trending and does sure. Delicato or would another company use a team like yours to help look for what the trends are, what kind of new products to start yeah. developing or new yeah. packaging or new sizes or new price Yeah, points? that comes in with our consumer team. Uh, actually, it's both kind of consumer and analytics kind of come together on that, but that's, you know, we're using kind of the examples we've talked about so far kind of for external use, right? That we're working with distributors and retailers with this data where we're also using it internally for strategy. So understanding innovation opportunities, what's out there, kind of what's coming just through learning from consumers or trying to project uh, certain trends, which has become almost impossible after COVID trying to predict trends, but we, <laughs> no kidding. we do our best. Um, you know, looking at packaging, um, advertising, a, a lot of areas of brand strategy uh, is where, you know, we partner with the marketing team. So, you know, I, I'm talking about partnering a lot. That's just, that's what we do, right? We're, we're a collaborative team that works with the sales team that works with the marketing team. And we're, we, you know, that's really just is kind of the key to our success is just being involved in the business, not just being behind the scenes, cranking through data, right? It's, it's right. about the application of it, the action that come out of it and the, and the strategy development. Yeah. You, your, your team is, you know, not, I'm not speaking specifically of Delicato, but most large companies have a team like yours, most large wine, wine companies. And it, it seems that your team is always sort of the unsung hero, the behind the, you know, the Oz behind the curtain where it's all happening. You know, no decisions can be made or at least no good decisions can be made without reinforced data from what you guys find. And when, you know, for everybody in the audience, if you're in a store and you're looking at the shelves, the wine shelves or the wine department, and you see a really cool new product, you're like, oh, I never saw this before. You know, that's the type of thing that's being driven by a team like Paul's, the, you know, the consumer and I always get it backwards. <laughs> Consumer strategic insights. It's okay, but it, you know it is. It is so much more. It's so much. It, there's so much more value to it than you think. And even within companies, um, I can tell you. You know, when you and I worked together before at Constellation, I would show up to team meetings or regional meetings with all this fabulous data and. The other guys, the other salespeople are going, where'd you get that from? I'm like, oh, I call Paul. <laughs> and nobody, you know, hopefully I drove a lot of business your way because it, it took a while. I was, I don't even remember how I found out, you know, somebody had just says, well, I, I was asking for, looking for some data from somebody. And they're like, well, call Consumer Insights. They can probably help you. And oh my gosh, you basically wrote my presentations for me. And uh, so it was kind of cool to be, you know, one of the ones singing your, that's why, I mean, I'm very enthusiastic about what you do. Your secret weapon, right? Well, I made a lot of money using your information. That's good. Yeah. uh, Yeah. The one thing that's just, uh, just really, really cool um, kind of within our team and something that's very rewarding is that like 
you know, no day is the same. We, right. you never know what's kind of coming your way. Now, of course, we do keep our eyes on kind of the bigger picture and what our company is trying to accomplish. But day to day, you get all kinds of questions coming in on, on, on what can you do to help. And, you know, some, some things might be so far-fetched, there's just no data in the world that can go there. But more, more times than not, you've got some data that can help data or insights or, you know, something there that can help um, really accomplish what uh, that person is trying to do that, that, that came to you. And that's, that's really motivating for our team too. And I mean, in general, we're, we're a support organization and people are, our people on our team are motivated by helping others. And right. so having that partnership kind of coming in, getting the question and finding, finding an answer is, is, is pretty fun. Yeah. And, you know, it allows you to be creative in that role because people think, oh, you're a numbers cruncher. I mean, you do deal with data all day, but it's so much more than that because you can look at the numbers and say, how can we apply this to real world sales or real world products? And, you know, there's a lot of creativity that goes on in your team. And uh, I've met your team in, in both companies and they're a lot of fun. I mean, right. you, they're not all, you know, pencil pushing, you know, guys with pocket protectors, although a couple of them maybe, but they're, right. but they're fun anyway. We like to have fun too. Yeah, you definitely do. That's, that's very cool. So, um, so what, so at this point, what you mentioned a couple of the roles, can, can you give me an example of maybe a product that um, either grew or th- that you, your work helped that product be more successful, maybe a new product you developed that, you know, hit the ground running and did great or something that, you know, you being able to crunch the numbers were able to support that product in a way that made it more successful. Can you think of a, you don't have to give me the name of the product if you don't want to, but you're welcome to. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. I mean, the, for, the first one that comes to mind is a, is a product that we have in, in market now that's, that's been going for a year or so. So, uh, Boda Breeze, which is our, um, you know, low, low calorie, low alcohol wine, which has been a big trend in the, in the wine business. And mm-hmm. really all major suppliers have been launching some form um, of a product in this space. And, um, you know, this was just an effort across the organization, across all of the groups, uh, to come together. And our, our piece of it was just understanding the demand, like understanding what's important to the consumer mm-hmm. uh, from kind of how it's being positioned, kind of the qualities of the wine, the packaging of the wine, you know, what just the packaging of, of the box. And um, it came together really well. We had a kind of a full plan on how we were going to, what we were going to learn from the consumers and how we were going to go about it. And that, uh, that was brought in kind of early in the process to really kind of help the brand team develop that product the best, the best way they could. And then the analytics team helped a lot with what's the size of the prize, right? Like what, what else is out there at this point? What has worked? What hasn't? A competitive analysis. And um, so our team was heavily involved in that. That's been out for a year now. I think last I checked, we're the number three brand and that's within space, that category. You want to call it, people call it kind of light wines or better for you. They're just kind of different names out there, but uh, number three 
in that space in, in just a year. So we're, we're mm. pretty excited about the continued trajectory there. That's, that's very cool. So you mentioned on your team, you have various roles. They don't all do the same thing. Some are crunching IRI numbers. Some are working on consumer insights. I'm guessing some are focused on you know the restaurant world, on-premise world. Yes, definitely. I assume a business degree with you know with analytics in somehow in the curriculum would would be a candidate that you would look at coming right at somebody coming right out of college correct is that the criteria yes. if it was a candidate coming right out of college uh yeah i mean you'd have to it depends on the on the role on the team um somebody on the research side might have something different maybe marketing maybe maybe psychology you know but um oh, on the okay. number side some type of analytical, you know, like I said, when I went to school at, at minus finance, I, I, there really wasn't kind of this like strategic analytics or business analytics degree. Um, right. A lot more of that now, which is great. Um, but something along those lines, we would want to see that. We would want to see some kind of, you know, clearly like the, the interest and the passion for that, right. for that type yeah. of work. And if you're hiring somebody that's not right out of college that maybe had a job or two or three before they came knocking on your door, what industries, what, what previous industries, you know, experience serves them well? Is there a particular, you know, CPG category or something that, um, that you like to draw from? I mean, if you have wine experience, that's better, but that's of course not always the case. So, um, no, yeah, definitely consumer packaged goods. Um, it almost doesn't matter as long as you kind of learn the fundamentals of uh, what the data is and how you apply it. That's that's really what what we're looking for. Okay, so if you have an, a little bit of analytics in your education or your background, data crunching, that type of thing, finance, and you have maybe throw in for good measure a WSET level one or two, just to show that you're passionate about the category. That sounds like a pretty good candidate to you, right? That sounds like a great candidate. That's, that's a, that's a good kind of combination there where you're talking about the, the education. Plus if you have some, some work experience, some kind of track record doing some of it in another industry. Um, And then clearly the passion for wine is that's always important too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, what kind of trends? I'm assuming because you do are you are forward looking. What kind of trends do you see coming for the industry? Is there anything that you guys have your eyes on that you're you know really tracking right now to see where it goes and maybe get involved in it without oh, without a, spilling company that's secrets? That's a tough one. I can't give away any secrets, of course. <laughs> um, I mean, the hot the hottest trend right now are just. RTDs and all kinds of flavors coming out. I think, you know, this is another area. I could say this is current though, that where everyone is launching some type of flavored beverage of some kind. And, you know, we all saw this coming. It's what people have been calling kind of the blurring of the lines when it comes to categories, like what is a beer? What is a wine? What is a spirit anymore? Yeah. That's a bit dramatic to say that it's gone that far, but some of these products, definitely you don't, always know and some consumers don't really care what the base liquid is it's about the flavor that they're tasting in, in the product and you know i see that that's one that uh that trend is going to stay but what kind of flavors will it will evolve right. and how is that going to continue to, to change because you know seltzers have been 
huge, right? And now they're not right. growing as much anymore, but it's an enormous business at this point. It's going to stick right. around, but what is it, what does it morph into as well? Like what kind of what it's going to continue to change. So it's really keeping an eye on, on flavors on, and you can get, you learn flavors from the on-premise a lot and what's going yeah. on there in other categories yeah, you're looking at. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, it's always evolving. Yeah, that, those crossover beverages, that's what I used to, they were kind of rearing their head just before I retired from Constellation. And, you know, where you're mixing beer with wine and wine with spirits. And, you know, that was that was a very quickly evolving category. I, I don't see it. I mean, that's not my wheelhouse now, but uh, but I remember when that, that was, and that was just two years ago. So it wasn't all that long ago, really. Uh-huh. Very, yeah, it, it is. now. Is there any way in your world with the analytics that you can tell what COVID has meant to the industry and how has COVID changed our industry, at least at least for the moment? Well, um, it's again, it's 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 always changing. You know, the 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 most dramatic impact was in 2020, of course, when right. everyone ran out to the stores and bought up everything they could, right? And so, <laughs> um, and stocked up at home. And so that was just a clear, a clear change, right? In our business and everybody's business and across probably all categories. And um, ever since then, it's just kind of been, you know, it's it's been changing on people going off premise, on premise, kind of back and forth. But, you know, the one that stands out that is, um, you know, talk, talked about a lot and written about a lot is, is e-commerce and how people's people were introduced to it um, almost out of necessity, right. whether it be ordering for at-home delivery or, or curbside pickup. And a lot of people found out that, that they liked it. I've, I'm, yeah. I'm one of them. You know, right. or I, ordering I directly do. from a winery. Yeah, you could order directly from a winery and have yes, it shipped. There's of course. Yeah, lots of ways to get involved in winery. E-commerce. So, you know, I had done it a little bit in the past, but much more now. Um, yeah, me Because too. it was almost kind of exclusively doing that. Like myself, like many other people who, who love wine, enjoy the shopping experience. But when you're scared to go to the stores in 2020, I really wasn't looking forward to that in-store experience at the time. Now, of course, right. I've been back a little bit and, and doing that, but uh, when I'm crunched for time, it's it's just really convenient, and there are a lot of people out there like that, and that is that has really um, that is that has changed the game dramatically, and will continue to. Yeah, and and I don't have the analytics to prove it, but I do talk to a lot of people here in Napa, and it seems like a lot of people that moved online for their purchases and started, you know, they couldn't get to Napa, so they would order it directly from the wineries. Um, I'm, a lot of people here are saying, a lot of wineries are saying they're not losing that business now that you know you can travel around again. There, that's sort of keep staying, and then they're gaining back some of the foot traffic business that they used to have, and certainly the on-premise, the restaurant world is bounced back from, I mean, in 2020, it, they were decimated and then they still to some degree, you know, are struggling, but it does seem like that's coming back it to is. some degree, the, which is great to see. The demand is definitely there, but a lot of challenges in the on-premise. Right. Business. Right. You talked about what you like about your roles and the role of your team and that you, you, you like to support 
the entities that you support, you like to help them be successful, that that is what gets you going. That's what really makes you feel satisfied. Are there any challenges that you face? Always. Challenges (laughs) every day, Karen. (laughs) Yes, there are. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just the the ongoing, which is, um, this is, it's it's our team's responsibility and, and, and challenge is how do we continue to provide a competitive edge and right. in the business, right? I mean, a lot of suppliers are becoming more and more savvy in this space, which is great for everyone. But, you know, how do we become quicker with data, with getting the insights, with, you know, just communicating it faster, more effectively, and, um, you know, ultimately just kind of raising the bar, raising the level of analytics across the entire organization. Because, you know, our team can only take it so far, but if we're able to train others and now we don't expect people who have other full-time jobs to become you right. know, experts in analytics, but all it takes really are kind of a few things here and there on showing people what to do and they're, they're capable of doing a lot more. So it's, you know, it's hitting on a number of fronts here, but it's, uh, it's just, it's just continuing to evolve and, and elevate our game and, and give us that edge. Okay. Now, here's a question for you. Do yes. you, is Delicato hiring? Yes. <laughs> Delicato, Delicato is hiring and so are we, are in our team specifically. Okay. And how would they, what's the best way for them, for the audience, if they're interested, what's the best way for them to find? Oh, before I go there, yeah. are all of can you, can your jobs be done remotely at home? It depends on the job. So some of your positions, some of our be. positions are yes. So my team, okay, my team is uh, is located in different places across the country because um, you know, some support teams regionally uh, out in sales, and so it depends on the role. We have some that are that need to be Napa based, and some that are remote. Okay, so how can somebody who's interested in working for Delicato? How can they find a job at Delicato? What's the best way? So they can go straight to our website at delicato.com and we have a job board there with all with all of the openings uh, we post them externally too you can find them on linkedin wine jobs uh, a lot of the usual places but i would say delicato.com linkedin would be the, the main spots right and and let's say that there's nothing available in the market that somebody's living in if they were just looking for a job within your world not necessarily with speci- not necessarily specifically to delicato Winejobs.com, I know, is a great resource, and LinkedIn. Are there key words that they should be searching for to get into something like what you do? Is it consumer insight, that type of thing, I'm guessing? Yeah, again, it depends on the job. Uh, consumer, for sure, because everything everything goes back to the consumer. Right. Uh, but depending on the job, you know, if it's a, if it's a research job, you, you, you definitely want to highlight your uh, qualifications in qualitative and quantitative research. Uh, if it's an analytics role, you want to highlight um, the tools, the experience, the data, who you have supported in the past, um, and really about the action, right? What is what is the work uh, you have done kind of led to and what kind of actions has it, has it led to? Okay. So delicato.com, and um, I'll put that in the show notes. So for those of you who want to, who can't remember that. Um, is, is it delicato.com or it's delicato family it of wines? Delicato.com. The company delicato. is delicato family wines. 
Okay, very good. I will I will put that in the show notes. So as we get ready to wrap up here, Paul, you got a couple of key action items or things that somebody could do right now if they think, gosh, this was a great interview and I really want to work on this guy's team. What can they do to get, set themselves up for success? <laughs> I might apply for the job. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, you know, if you haven't already, let, make sure you learn you learn the tools. Um, you can get really far using just kind of becoming an expert in Excel and PowerPoint, uh, learning how to use that data. And you can kind of do that through many different organizations, online classes. Uh, you know, data visualization and communication is very important. So that's how I spoke about the importance of how do you get your points across? How do you make it visual? And again, a lot of things you can do to learn about that online. Um, you know, or right, gain experience in kind of another industry, another category first. Like that was that was that was my path. And um, yeah, you know, again, it, it just goes back to understanding these different pieces of data, what it means, how to apply it, and then how to tell the story. And you can gain experience along the way and kind of from beginning to end. Um, that's, that's really kind of the key to help set yourself up to success and as well as the company you end up working for. I have one more insight I'm going to offer. Great. Take a wine class, NapaValleyWineAcademy.com. <laughs> We're WSET specialists, but we have Wine 101, Wine 201. We've got the business of wine. We got all kinds of wine courses besides yeah. just WSET, but we are I don't know. A lot of people don't know this. I don't even know if you know this, Paul. We are the largest WSET provider in the world, except for WSET in London. So about almost 40% of every student in America that takes WSET goes through the Napa Valley Wine Academy. That's great. We also a fantastic program when I went through it years ago. Um, I I, I learned a ton and a lot of it I was able to apply on the job. That's great. And also we have the highest, we have the highest scores in the world compared to the rest of the world. So you're in good hands with uh, NapaValleyWineAcademy.com. Anyway, had to get that little shameless plug in there, Paul. I hope you don't mind. All right. Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything we wanted to talk about. I, I really want to, well, first I want to thank the audience because you guys come you know, every episode with open ears and hopefully we find a way to motivate you to to want to get into the industry and enjoy it as much as Paul and I have. I mean, can you imagine yourself working in any other industry after this, Paul? No, absolutely no. not. No, me neither. And so we're very blessed and we hope you find that blessing as well. Paul, thank you for all of your time and your insights and for being really willing to share your experience and expertise with the audience today. Really appreciate it. Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Karen. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's great. Great to hang out with you again. Yep. Good to see you too. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks to all of you for joining. And I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams. So feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.